It's me, it's me, it's JCB, bringing to you the fifth episode of the Pop Culture Collective. Introducing my co-hosts, we have Mr. Doc Haas, and of course, the third man in the booth, but always number one in your hearts, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Grill. What's up, fellas? You guys ready for uh, an awesome show today? Hey, 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 you guys hear that? Introducing from Wichita Falls, Texas, weighing in at 320 pounds, your NXT North American Champion, your NXT World Champion, Bask in His Glory, Keith Lee. I think you may have uh, clipped a few times, but hey, that was that was an awesome. Awesome introduction. So, uh, Mr. Haven, take hyped. notes. Take notes, Paul. <laughs> take notes. Did you guys see that cover? Uh, uh, Keith no. Lee winning? Yes, I completely expected Keith Lee to win. You would. I, I really I, went I, into I, that I, with I, no, no expectation, expectation. Well, I mean, hold on. first of all, let me give let me let me let me give a disclaimer. Um, I don't watch NXT TV as much probably as you two do. Um, there's two reasons for that. One, we've been recording on Wednesdays a lot. And and I don't I don't do and do VR stuff as well. And two, USA's live stream is fucking awful because I live stream because I don't pay for cable because I'm cheap like that. So watching Raw and NXT can be an issue live. So it's a matter of me going back and rewatching it. Um, but anyway, not knowing all the intricacies of what happened on TV. I mean, I just know Adam Cole has been champion for over a year. Um, yep. The Undisputed Era, they're starting to put the chinks into the Undisputed Era, it seems. So I think it only makes sense storyline-wise for Adam Cole to drop it at this time. And no one's better than Keith Lee. I mean, you know, he's big, he can move, he's just, he's, he, he is a, you know, like, people say like William Mays was the like most legit five-tool baseball player of all time. Well, Keith Lee is, can be, you know, there's a chance he could be one at that level of greatness in pro wrestling. Right. And he just, everything about him just screams like wrestling perfection. And then this was mm-hmm. a perfect way to kind of coronate him. And this is his first real huge major moment in WWE. And yet just another, another classic match. And he's, he's already got a freaking library of classic matches already. I mean, you're mm-hmm. talking about the future of this industry. And, yeah. you know, they were both in the ring in that, in that match. Adam Cole deserves to be in this conversation, too. You don't just, you know, become the longest reigning NXT champion ever. Oh, by Adam NXT. Cole, man. is And it you know, takes two. It, it always takes two. And it takes so. two. And these two were just <clears throat> out of out of control. Yeah. I mean, they just, they both made Adam each Cole other. the next rock. They yeah, both made each other look so good. Adam yeah. Cole's the next who? Rock. Oh, just and with the personality and the and the mouth, yep. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other reason I think it just makes sense is we, you know, any report we see is that uh, you know Vince is pretty high on Keith Lee. Yeah, you know, Keith Keith can do a lot for NXT too. He, he's not just going to be a great champion in the ring with his in ring work. Is let's talk about that real quick. You have him in the ring against someone like Dominic Dijakovic, who's another big man who knows how to move, and Keith knows how to match that that kind of talent in the ring put him in a ring against a smaller guy like adam cole which is more of a 
mind game storytelling t- type of match. You know, for a match, let's talk about that real quick. Cole and Keith Lee didn't really have much of a build. Match kind of got thrown together. Hey, you're going to face each other. When is going to take both championships in two weeks? Really was no big build for that match, but there was a lot of good storytelling. And Keith was able to, again, match that, that talent in the ring. But then aside him being great in the ring, Keith's going to be an awesome champion outside of the ring. Keith's the guy mm-hmm. going to be the one who's going to be on Good Morning America and hold interviews and help put NXT on on the map and get them more right. of a mainstream, definitely a, more of a mainstream draw, I think. And honestly, I think he's the best. Like, I think he's the best wrestler Agreed. they got down there. And he's mm-hmm. the total package. At the end of the day, you put your you put both your titles on your best wrestler. That was That's a really yeah. cool, huge thing. And you were talking about, like, you know, there wasn't much of a build. Like you don't. Really, doesn't need you don't to need be. a build. You don't need a build yeah. when it's champion versus champion. Like you just you yeah. understand. You look at it like, oh, it's for all the marbles. That's, that's fine. That's all yeah. I need to know. You, you know it what the implications are, so you go with it. It was built like right. a UFC fight almost. <clears throat> yep. You know, and I loved it. Do you think that he's going to drop the United States now? Well, not United. You know, North, North, American. North American. North American. Yeah. Don't forget about Canada, dude. Mexico. I'm Panama. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I get you the anti you anti Honduran. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I feel like they've already built a pretty good mid card in NXT. There's a lot of great names you can go down. You got Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest, Finn Balor. Also, uh, you have Roddy Strong. Other guys in the undisputed era. Uh, they already have a pretty strong mid card, but I think him just being a great champion overall and being the one that's being chased is a better story than him losing it and someone else taking the NXT championship for a little while. Question. When Rollins became a dual champ, what did he do with the U.S. title? Could you refresh my memory? I wasn't he, watching well, he, much then. He retained it. He fought both Cena and Sting at SummerSlam. Okay. Uh, had both titles in the line. He retained both titles. Uh, I don't okay. recall who so he, he so lost he, the U.S. So he defended both titles. He didn't vacate the lesser one like Warrior did. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah, he like didn't vacate anything. Okay. He didn't win it just to lose it to someone else quickly after. He actually defended and and retained both the titles. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really cool way to go build the legend of Keith Lee. You know, not only mm-hmm. did he win this awesome match against Adam Cole, where like, you know, they made you feel like you were inside a, a sold out arena. <laughs> By the way, the uh, Bones, I, I have to I have to um, give you some credit where credits due. Uh, having the people against the board slamming the boards is a lot better than caring about coronavirus. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. for uh, such an awesome environment. Like as long as everybody's oh, getting so tested, much. dude. As long as everybody's getting yeah. tested, everybody's clear, dude. Then let's it, yeah, it's, it's create an environment that was freaking awesome. I felt like I was at a hockey. It was like a hockey game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was, I was talking cool. about this. I was talking about this last week on uh, my other show, the New Normal Wrestling Podcast, also available right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. You know, watching night one. Wow! Don't don't shake your head. It was a shameless plug. All right. Um, yeah, it was pretty shameless. When I was talking about um, when we talked about night one of Fighter Fest and Great American Bash. Between the two, I felt like I was watching more of an event when I watched Fighter Fest because of how they how they have the, the, the lack of crowd. You know, they still have people out there, but they have their crowd really is involved. And again, uh, every, every time you watch AEW, the, everyone that's in the crowd is right up against the barriers. They're not spread out six feet apart like they are at the Performance Center. Again, it's a smaller facility, not outdoors, 
But I think WWE really did did it differently this this week for the second night. With it. again, like you said, they had everyone up against the plexiglass and banging the plexiglass like you're in a hockey game. You know, uh, I thought that really added to the atmosphere and really helped me feel like I was watching something bigger than than it may have been. Do, do you think that was scripted, or do you think the audience did that organically? They just said, "Fuck it, this is too good." Uh, I, I, I don't know. No, they got direction. Yeah, they had definitely so? got direction. Yeah, I think they, so. they they had to. Did they? Yeah, because you think know, about it. There's so many rules right now. I mean, it is Florida. WWE already announced over the past week they have over 30 employees and backstage personalities that have tested positive for COVID. So, oh, yeah, I want to get into that when we start talking sports because baseball is having issues now too. But is it? We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Dan and I spoke oh, wow. about this yesterday. A oh, bit. really? Yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> and 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 there's a reason why. We'll get to that though. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, where are we at? Back to Keith Lee and the audience. Yeah. I don't know. I think about me at a hockey game, okay? Like when I'm on the mm-hmm. boards. Like something exciting happens and you just go fucking ham on the boards, you know? Right. I feel like if I'm at a wrestling event and something crazy and there was just crazy going on, I'm just going to go ham on the boards, like no matter what. Like, and once it starts happening, it's not like Vince or Triple H or Shawn Michaels is going to run out there and go, oh, no, 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 no. Like, they'll be like, hey, this, this is what's happening. You know, we're not going to ruin this vibe. From a uh, yeah. from a Mark standpoint, I know it's not true and it's gimmicked, but, you know, you got people who are like, man, that is some low-quality plexi. They go through it all the time <laughs> compared to hockey. And I know a hockey once failed, too. But you know there's a Mark out there going, man. Yep. They could get better plexi to protect. That's them. gimmick plexiglass specifically for any spots where, where Keith Lee's in a match. Well, you know, just, speak, you, <laughs> speaking of gimmicks, real quick, a little off subject. How do you gimmick a steel chair? I think it's you go way. to uh, Steel Chairs R Us and you buy the gimmick steel chairs for for all the wrestling events. All right, cool. All right, that, that's that's where they get their tables from. Tables R Us and ladders from Ladders R Us. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know where Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know I've officially left this podcast. <laughs> Not that serious, bro. Come on. I don't know where. I'm sure they're just. I'm sure they're just made custom. All that stuff. But yeah, um, you know the plexiglass is definitely like yeah. I, I love how people like freak out about that. You know, the, mm-hmm. remember remember the Kurt Angle Shane McMahon match? It came in the rain. The one they had in Jersey. Put the yes. Yeah. yeah. Break. And he just kept trying to throw. Yeah, Shane. they kept putting him. <laughs> Yep. Yes. I was reading somewhere. That's the only time Vince McMahon ever thought about stopping a match. Mm-hmm. Because because it was because it's his son. Because it was his no, son. and he knew Shane wouldn't wouldn't let Kurt stop until Kurt it broke that yeah. glass. And that's what it was. They said the last time he's just like, you know, Shane's like, you really gotta throw me through this fucking thing. Like you have to just launch me. <laughs> and he did, man. If you watch that throw, I mean, Kurt holds nothing back. He launches Shane through that glass on that last throw that finally breaks through. Yeah. yeah. So, so real quick, so we, we talked about Keith Lee and how he's going to be as a champion, and I, I really think the possibilities are endless with him and where they can go. But what's going to happen with Adam? Cole? Endless or limitless. limitless? Ooh, I see what you did there. Limitless. Um, well, let's talk what about up? Adam Cole. I'm sure all of the marks are like, oh, now he lost title. He's going to go to the main roster and he's going to nope. get buried. I don't think he's going up. Thank I think you, John. Gonna, I'm glad you said. Yeah, that. I don't think, so. I think they need to have. I think. I think the next storyline is disillusion of the undisputed. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, me too. I think uh, that's where all this is going. Yeah, Roddy lost this entire Cole time. Lost. Yeah, I think this entire well, time Cole has been uh, booked as this big heel, kind of like undisputed as a heel, te- uh, a heel faction. But 
Adam Cole is fucking over everywhere he goes. Everyone yells Bay Bay. Everyone yells boom when his intro. Everyone pops when he comes out. Now's your chance to make him an uber baby face. You know, have the Undisputed yep. Era turn on him and have him become the big baby face and have uh, him fight I don't Kyle. think they're going have in that direction. Kyle. He's not a baby face. Yeah, I don't think they're... I, I disagree with you, Bones. That I is think pure, yeah, that's that's pure heel. Yeah, I think, heel, I think complete opposite. I think he can at the most be a tweener. Um, I think it looks like they're they're gonna make Roddy out to be the baby face here in the breakup, just because how much he's just getting beaten down by Dexter Loomis. By Dexter, yeah. I mean, are he, we gonna he, talk he, about Dexter? Dexter's, and Dexter's making him look so weak, man. So he looks mm. so weak. He looks psychologically weak. Not even um, not even Bobby help. Bobby showing up can help him win the match. So I right. feel like guys, it's guys, gonna be the other way uh, around. It's like we Adam's have to talk about be. Dexter Loomis here, right? We are talking about Dexter Loomis. We are. But, but wait, but hold Loomis. on, Dan. Yeah, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Dexter Loomis's character is what Spivey's character should have been. Should have been. In the 90s. When he was Whalen like Mercy. When he was uh, Whalen oh, Mercy. that's an interesting observation. That is interesting. And listen, have I, you I watched will... this stuff before WWE? It is. He's an amazing wrestler. I mean, I watched, like, I watched a couple of skyscrapers matches. That's about it. No, 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 not Spivey. You mean oh. Loomis? Loomis. Oh, Loomis. Oh, no, I never have. No, I never have. What's his <clears throat> indie name again? So that's a great question because I just... Oh, uh, his name's Sam Shaw. I know that. He went by a couple things. He went by Boss Hog. One or the other... He goes by his real name. I think the other one is Lupit? What, what's that? Lupus, like the disease. Like disease? Oh, wow. Or, or is it Lupin, like the professor? No, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> no, I think it's Lupus. <laughs> I think Bones, Bones, you know what that means now. <laughs> Best thing about him, and I remember reading this when he first when he first debuted, because I do this every time someone debuts. The man is trained by three of the best people in wrestling. He's he's from the Dudley School, but his other trainer guys, one a trainer that always gets overlooked, who has put so many people in NXT, is Curtis Hughes. Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes. Wow, Mr. Oh, Hughes. Man. Holy shit. Him. Go read. Of him. Gentlemen, go read how here, many right? people. Yeah. Go read how many people Curtis Hughes has trained. Also, if you don't know, and I just found this out because Dan's got me on an early uh, WCW kick, that he is also Big Cat. Oh, Big Cat Ernie Ladd? No, no. no the no. Big Cat. Oh. Not Big Cat oh, Ernie the, Ladd. Oh, well, I mean, trainer wise. Okay, okay. I don't remember the big cat. I'm not going to lie to you. Hmm. He was in one of the WCW events we watched. That wasn't Ernie Ladd, was it? No, 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 no. No, the, the cat Ernie Ladd, I thought of when you yeah. said that. Was no, big, yeah. no, Ernie Ladd's nickname was Big Cat, too, but he was from, like, the 70s and the early yeah. 80s. Yeah. And he was more, I think he was a big WCCW guy, if I'm not mistaken, Ernie Ladd. Oh, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the cat Ernest Miller. Wow, I'm confusing oh, all these wrestlers right call now. Call mama, OG. Mama, yep. <laughs> oh, my God, is that really his... Uh, yeah, he was the original yeah. person who had the Brodus Clay theme. Yep. That long ago? Yeah. It was like early that, was back, that was back during the Monday Night Wars. Early 2000s, late 90s, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some really? Ernest Miller, yeah, Ernest Miller was a staple on Nitro and Thunder. That's a jam, dude. That's one of their best entrance themes. Especially during WCW after Vince Russo took over. Ernest Miller was very pr- prominent in a lot of those storylines. Those failed storylines. Yeah, I, I stopped watching WCW once Russo took over. Yep, same here. Yeah, I've never really been a fan of that guy. Yeah, I don't. I I thought like he did. You know, there was obviously some. He definitely helped bring WWF into a new direction. 
you know? Yeah. And he almost kind of like is like WWF's Eric Bischoff, <coughs> what Bischoff is to WCW. Like, he kind of got them started in the right direction, and then, like, the real wrestling minds had to finish the job to make sure it worked. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Transition guys, guys who maybe could understand the TV end of it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about WCW real quick. Uh, like I just said, Dan has got me on a kick of watching some older pay-per-views. Um, I started in 1990. Yeah, we've been in 1990. Um, okay. I'm, I'm in the middle of Great American Bash right now, oh, uh, which is which is Sting's, uh, coronation. Sting's redemption, right? It's his coronation. It's his first coronation. title reign. Yeah, yeah, it's his first title reign. I mean, that's Sting's first like huge moment, and it was four years in the making. This is why I come at you, Bones, and you get all mad about Shayna Baszler sometimes, dude. I'm like... Dude, there's she has so much time still. It's so soon since he's even been on. She's on a new show, like and I said it before. And, and she's hurt by the fact that the WWE still has not introduced a women's mid card title. Triple H, talking to you. Anyways, um, <clears throat> that wasn't subtle at all. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, I wasn't meant to be. It was meant, right. to, it was meant to show under disdain. Well, but anyway, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it gets the time. point. It get, it's, I'm saying so. Yeah. Like it takes time, and that moment for Sting was huge. I mean, <clears> the <throat> crowd is just on fire bones. Everybody's standing. Everybody's screaming. Sting had just come back from an injury, and it was a real life injury. Mm-hmm. They just turned it into a work. The ear, he heard his knee at one of the events before, and I don't know off the top of my head. And the, the, the comeback from that, and this just his story of perseverance, and that's how Sting got over. You know, right. that made Stain, that solidified Stain in the main event. But it took four years. And I think if, would have, if they would have given him that in like 1988 or 89, it wouldn't have meant as much. So going back to this, because I think it's hilarious, um, is watching this and, you know, Wrestle War Capital Combat is watching Giant Gonzalez come out. Oh, El El Gigante. El El Gigante. Right. Oh, he He was terrible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but he still moves better than he did at WWF. (laughs) (laughs) You got... uh, There's, like, one thing where he, like, clears the ring, and it's the most unconvincing ring clear in... In the history of <laughs> professional wrestling, it's like it's Here's like, it's like, like Ole, Ole Anderson's like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, here's something else, and maybe he just wasn't going by this yet, but I think he was. But a lot of these events, Buddy Landell's on, mm-hmm. and him mm-hmm. and Ric Flair both have the same name. Nature Boy. Yeah. Oh, do they? I, yeah. I, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Do you guys know? I don't know. I don't know much about I, Buddy Landell. I, I don't know if they you. both yeah. had it at that at, uh, simultaneously. I mean, at that point, he was a. At that point, he was a. Uh, he was a uh, an elder statesman. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's older. I just don't know much about his career. I've never done much digging on him. Never done much watching on him. Yeah, I, I gotta look into that. I um I gotta tell you, Dan. I think the the Capital Combat I watched was not the one. There's only one that, Capital <clears throat> Combat, uh, which is weird. I I couldn't the I didn't see the RoboCop thing. Oh, you watched the wrong one, then. You missed RoboCop, dude. Bones. There, Capital go Combat. Did you watch? Do you ever watch Capital Combat 1990? Bones when I've, when yeah, RoboCop I've seen a long does time that ago, bit, the RoboCop Ro- segment. Sting. Oh my yep. God! It is <laughs> some of the most. Night, early '90s wrestling cheese ever. <laughs> yep. Uh, and once again, I think to myself, what is someone like Ole Anderson thinking right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> fuck, fuck my life. I came back for this. <laughs> what has happened to my sport? Um, well, um. <sighs> so guys, so listen. On the topic of WCW, when you know the uh, 
Turner Network, uh, Turner Network wrestling. Let's talk about uh, really quick some Fighter Fest from night two from this week from AEW. I got things what? to say. Go ahead, John. I know you watched this before you watched NXT, right? Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, um, go on, I, go I'm ahead. just a. Uh, Listen, I got to be honest with you. I just really like AEW. I, I like. Hmm. You're an Orange Cassidy mark, too. The guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> did you, I understand. Did you no. guys see the match with Jericho? Such a good match. Really good match. It yeah, really he was. Go. He's, he's, a good, he's, he's a good wrestler. And Jericho got him over even more than he already was. That was a per- perfect that's what Jericho's. That's what Jericho's role in the company is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, he has no official. Feet. He's got no official like job. He is just his his uh his contract is just to wrestle, and he says that on his podcast all the time. He has no administrative job in AEW, right? So his job, like you said, is just get people over. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it to Pineapple Pete. You're right, and that, that's yep. hilarious that he they now call him Pineapple Pete and not his real name. Um, <laughs> and. You know, Orange Cassidy, he even says it on the podcast all the time. He's like, when I first saw Orange Cassidy, I said, guys, why are we hiring this guy? And then I got it. You know, like, right. it's I think I think Orange Cassidy's character is a breath of fresh air. It's you're right. He's just got it. It's not some guys just. Yes. Yeah, some guys just got it. And the mm-hmm. most important, he's unique. Yeah. No one's doing what he's doing. It's you know what like he reminds music. me of? It's just like music. Yes. He reminds me of the dude. And I think that's why I like it because the dude. Do we well, see? I mean, think, can we see a dude Orange Cassidy cross promoter cross promotion thing? That would be amazing. Well, I mean, just huh. think about it. From wherever, weighing in, whatever. That's genius. I, you know, that's right. just me. I, so no, I agree with you, dude. It is genius. I'm let's talk Fighter Fest. First of yeah. all, night two. Much better in night one, but we knew that was coming because I had to. I disagree. I disagree. Really? A- all right, AEW really frustrates me with their, as we've talked about at ad nauseum, their women's division, but mainly their tag division. They want to showcase their tag division on a main event level. They want to change the tag team division rules, but they're going to allow this 10 count. But every fucking tag match I watch becomes a fucking Texas tornado match. There's no rules. Everything gets thrown out the window and it's bedlam from start to finish. And it can, for me, being an old school wrestling mark who loves tag team wrestling, I enjoy watching the Bones. rules being followed. Bones. Go ahead. Yes. That happens in WWE, but now it's, there's no rule. You have no problem with it. Well, no, we complain about it in no. WWE, too. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, it, but it happens less in WWE, and it's yes. a lot more prominent. I disagree. And listen, it's, the reason why it's prominent in AEW is because they make a point to say, these are our rules. But there is absolutely, like, I don't believe in their officials and their referees at all. Their referees never have... Any control. Aubrey Edwards, oh, Edwards is yeah, a Aubrey Edwards. referee. Come on. She, yeah, no, she, set, no, the to- she, she set the tone for that freaking Penelope Ford. Listen, and, um, and yeah, she's Max a great right referee. She's she is the Nick referee, Patrick of this generation, kicking the ropes and stuff. I'm sorry, Katie, not Nick Patrick, the Tim White. The Tim White. Tim Take White. nothing away from her. She's a fantastic referee. I love her interactions with Jericho in a singles match. But her or any other ref in a multi-man match tag six or eight man it becomes bellum and they have no control over their match i i, I can second that 
Yeah. The opening match on, on night two was the tag team championship match. You have Omega and Paige taking on Private Party. Within the first nine minutes, it was a fucking Texas Tornado match. I don't even know who the hell was legal. They didn't even know who was legal. Aubrey or whoever the hell was referenced didn't even know who the hell was legal. No one knows. Yeah, I, 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 I said I've gotten over the spot fest element of AEW tag team wrestling like pretty quickly, too. I'm completely with you, Bone. Especially after watching this, we said we, we were talking not about this all last them, week. Not all of them are spot fest. Let me let me finish. They've had they've had legitimately one like classic tag team match, in my opinion, that's completely memorable. And well, which um, one would that be? That's when, Hang, when Hangman and um and Omega won the titles and won the titles. I'm yeah. sorry, um, but any Butcher and Blade match is yes, not yes, a spot fest. Yes, no. Anything with Butcher and Blade, anything with FTR, they're not spot. Yes, they're not. You're right, but FTR is new. Different and FTR. Right, really, too. Hold on. Let, let's talk about FTR real quick. They had that big eight-man tag match. Yes, that match that became a spot, a spot fest. fest, but if you watched every single time F, uh, any member of FTR, whether it was Dax or Cash, if they were in the ring, they followed the rules. They, did not, they didn't take advantage of, of the 10-second rule. Truth. Once there was a tag, they, they, they went out of the ring. And that's their gimmick. Their gi- but their gimmick is real tag team wrestling. That should help, though. That should help them become the top help. team in AEW. Yep. Yes. I want Butcher Blade and FTR to be a new horseman. Just going to put it out there. Like as a unit together? Wow. As a unit. Also, um, hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Butcher, Butcher is a very talented musician. Yes, he's he a is. lead guitar player for uh, the band. Let's see. If you um, know. What the hell's the band name? We have to, We got to feature some. Make sure you feature some of the Butcher's music this week, Bones. Yes, Johnny. What's the, what's the name of his band? Seriously, it's Every yeah, Time I, I Die. Every Time I Die. They're so good. Hey guys, uh, 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 I gotta take a break from uh, from recording sound because I'm gonna go wrestle. Hey, if Jericho can oh, do yeah. it, anyone can do it. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. The um so. I thought I'm completely with you on that spot fest element, Bones. Get back to that. And just and you know, we talked about this last week when you were in with us, you know, just the, the early not that nineteen ninety tag team scene in NWA okay. WCW. Hold on, just let me hold let, on, me, hold let on. me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Okay? Uh, you, the you tag so team cute. wrestling was so on point and it was that classic tag team style you actually tag your opponent in and the referee mm-hmm. had control and you know the bad guy and you see it sometimes the bad guys distracting the good guys all that stuff it's it's it was nice to see teams like the midnight express and the rock and roll right. express and the road warriors and doom doom and yep. um and the steiner brothers and the Freebirds, like all these teams were in WCW in the night in nineteen ninety. You know, the Road Warriors were finishing up. They'd be in WWE by WWF by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, Johnny, so you, you don't so what is it that you like about the new tag? Uh, all right, so you like watching tag matches that that just turn into a bedlam and have absolutely no rules. No, 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 no. I, I don't. Like but I do like some tag teams do it, some don't. This is what I'm talking about. Check this out. Okay. We can split the list down from spot fest tag teams to not spot fest tag teams. You know what I mean? So check this out. Let's go with tag teams that are traditional tag team tag teams. Are we talking right? AEW only right now? Or AEW just only right teams? now because that, that's AEW what we're talking only. about. Okay. okay. So, so, the- right, so let's go not non-spot fest. I, I'm going to go okay. here. Ready? Yeah. MJF and Wardlow. Because they are a team. Uh, eh. uh, Inner Circle. Santana and Ortiz, I mean. 
Not, not a spot act, fest. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Butcher and Blade. Butcher and Blade. FTR. Uh, Dark I would Order. Say Dark, Dark Order. Dark Order, yeah. not spot fest, right? Um, and and, and the, the best friends. I wouldn't say uh, best friend. No, no, no. Best friends are definitely spot fest, but hmm. not as much. I would say they're in the middle. We're not talking young bucks level here. No, no, right. no, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm talking. Well, all right. If we're talking this, I mean, I would say Chuck Taylor takes the the dives. Trent does sometimes, but mm-hmm. they're in the middle one. So then you have the the spot fest teams: Jurassic Express, Jurassic Express, Private, Private Party. Party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lucha Brothers, obviously. obviously. Young Bucks, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, and SoCal, I, I, you know, SoCal's kind of in the middle too. That they, they, that, that right. Hardy Brothers thing, the Hardy Boys, they're kind of in the middle. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is spot, yeah. spot people, spot people who do like the spot thing, but they know how to tell stories through spots. Speaking yeah, of the Hardy exactly. Boys, did you see that picture that Matt Hardy posted of them with? Um, oh God, Freebird. Was their manager in the beginning? Um, Michael PSAs with, with Michael PSAs, and then he posted a picture with himself with uh, Private Party. It was a really cool post. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. cool. Um, oh, you know what? And wait, real quick, I got that vibe from when I saw Hardy come out with Private Party uh, after on night one with the way Hardy was dressed. That was obviously very old school Hardy Boys before Lita was around, and when they had Doc or. I think it was time those was, it was khaki Doc pants. Hendricks. Yeah, I think yeah. He, they, they, they still call him Doc Hendricks. Ridiculous. I think name. it was Doc Hendricks at the time, and he was the rest uh, the manager. I really got that vibe, and I think I think that that's a great spot for Matt Hardy too. You know, to really help help get a, a team over like Private Party, who I think still needs some work in the ring, but they're they're fantastic. I love watching them. They're, they're so so much charisma. I think it's a great great gimmick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree. Right. So, anyway. and I mean, the regular wrestlers in, in AEW can be split too. I, I want to go back to that. You know, you have mm, right. fast wrestlers and you have pure wrestlers. You do. You're absolutely right. Right. So, I, and I just, and I just like that. Oh, you know what team we forgot? The Jersey so, Boys, Janela and Sonny Kiss. Yeah, it's right. Which, oh, by the way, I like them. I like them two together. together. Yeah, I like them two together, together a lot, man. And I but, think wait. they've known each other for years because they were on the Jersey scene together. Um, but uh, I just want to pinpoint one thing, though. A lot of these quote-unquote tag teams that we've listed are actually singles wrestlers put together as a tag team. But they when have you to start become... running, when you start running vignettes, vin, uh, vignettes together, you're a tag team. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A Smarky there. There has to do be a point. A, where, do they have to a tag be a team name? You don't Cesaro need a tag team. and Sheamus were not a tag team until they became the bar. I disagree. And and, and they dressed the same and they had tag team moves together. I judge That's you not by I judge you team. not by your name. I judge you by the content of your know. character and what you put out know. there. So so you consider Paige and Omega an actual tag team? Hell no. Uh, right now no, they are absolutely. Right now they are. They're, they are. They're in a tag no. division right now. Champions. They're in the champions. They're in the tag division. They're a tag team. Two single stars. So fine. Remember the two man power trip, Triple H and Austin, when they were the tag champs? Were they? They? You consider them a legit tag? team no two single stars put together as a tag team there's a big big difference i you're think champions are a team your champions are a team no, yeah and if you're primary and if you're wrestling in the tag division difference. primarily you're a tag team no this is a great segue into the new 30 to 30 the bad guys the bad oh guys my god oh yeah oh i didn't see this oh Oh man! What is well, it? let's get back to that because I do want to talk about okay. fighter. I do want to talk about fighter. Okay, so first of all, 
I listen. I thought night two was better. I, night one does have its its you know has its great great matches. women's I mean, match. Great women's, great women's match was a fantastic. That they should have. Carlos Sheeta they should have flipped women's matches. Yeah, should have flipped those two women's matches. Yeah. But then then, night, then everyone would say night one would have sucked. But Penelope Ford finally showed how damn good of a wrestler she yeah. is. I Impressive mean, performance. I mean, she's mm-hmm. very. I mean, she's always been good. She's a Philly girl, by the way. Shout out Mid Atlantic right. Coast. Um, but um, <clears throat> you know, it, it was really cool to see. And Private Party always puts on good matches, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But night two, man, I, I just, oh, I, I was such, I, I love Lance Archer, so I'll watch any match he puts on, even though it's him just throwing people around, but the man can move. I would love to see him. So the gimmick calls see, for right now. Yep. I would see Lance, I would love, I can't even talk. I would love to see Lance Archer versus Dominic Dijakovic. That could be, that would be fun. I, I think that'd, that'd be a lot of fun. Be, that'd be good. That'd be Has good. that ever happened yeah. on the indie scene? I'm sure. I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, but I do, I do agree. The Nyla Rose, Kenzie Page, uh, Kylan King match that just didn't need to happen. That did nothing. nothing. And, and then, oh, can we talk about Nyla Rose's promo? Actions speak louder than words, but then she continued to say more words. <laughs> Don't like that should Don't have been the last statement. Promos in AEW. I think so. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure some of the up and comers get some help from some of the uh, mm-hmm. legends backstage, but. Don't say actions be louder than words and then say more words at the face of purpose. I'm going to have talk- a manager. That was not a big announcement. We talk about the one biggest announcement from night two, the return of the FTW title. That fucking had me off my seat, marking the fuck out. <laughs> that was I pretty was cool. For big ECW mark, never really had the chance to watch it, but that was so awesome. Come on. The FTW, so, but I, I could see. You know why it's there? Why? Do you know why it showed up? Why? Well, because, no, no, no. Tell me why. So, it says so. ECW never owned. <laughs> ECW never owned the rights to it. Uh, it was no, created Taz, by Taz. Does yeah, yes, it was created by it, yeah. Paul Heyman. But Taz has the rights to it, and that's why they can use it. It's pretty right. much. It's like ECW's million dollar championship. Right, but I can right. see AEW really utilizing the FTW title as more than just a million dollar just title. A, yeah, not, not just a prop. Yeah. Yeah, and well, also can, can can wait? Can we point something out? So we have. I'm sorry. Hold on. I just said it was Paul Heyman. It was Taz. I'm an idiot. Taz, yeah. Taz. Okay. Taz made it. We let you go. So we we had the title versus title match uh, on NXT. Now Keith Lee is a double champion. All right. Next week I fight for the fallen. We have um, well not Lance Archer. Uh, Brian Cage versus right. Moxley for the AEW Championship. Now they both have titles. Title versus title. Do you think? If Moxley retains, he takes the FTW title. Just at that point, it could be a prop, it could be storyline, it can continue their feud. Right. Or if you think Brian Cage defeats Moxley and leaves with two titles, hmm, interesting how things like that happen on the two on the two shows that are at war every Wednesday night. But according to Cody, it's not a war. I I have I a feel. To put that out there. Yeah, it's not a. I mean, they talk about it more. They talk about it, and WWE doesn't. So like right, it's obviously right. they obviously know they're they're they know what they're doing and it's all a war. It's a ratings war. End of the day, yeah, that's what it is. MJF <laughs> said it with the first freaking uh, the, the opening promo of night one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, he, he, he let it be known right away. Um, I don't know if uh, Cage beats Moxley. I, I don't know about that. Uh, I, could I don't see, think so. I could say see Moxley taking the belt though and, and furthering that program. Yeah, 
I could definitely see um, the two of them continuing a feud. Do you think, do you, I, I, you know, he's obviously not a, in a ring person anymore. Do you think Taz takes a bump? I don't think Taz can take a bump. I don't think he can. I don't think he can either, yeah. but. I, 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 don't just, think, I don't think he would get medically cleared. Neck, right? Yeah, I think yeah it's something like neck. that. Neck yeah. injuries, yeah. Um, I want to go back real quick. Um, do you guys follow in the Cole Cabana Dark Order thing? A little bit. Uh, a little bit. I didn't know where the hell that big bruise came from on Cabana's side. Like, when did that happen? I totally missed that. Uh, I actually don't know. Yeah, because that was big. a big part of the storyline going into the uh, into their match. But, oh, but you know what? A- he, was atta- he was attacked. Um, when? I just when? Started- this week or last week? I think it was last week. Okay. I mean, it, was a, it was a good okay. match to, to continue the storyline between is Cole Cabana going to join the Dark Order? I like so you, like, Cole Cabana, Cabana. So I'm, I'm yeah. okay. I, I think it's, I think it's keeping you know him and Brody interesting in the mid card, and interesting now, mid cards are yes. you know, help make successful wrestling promotions. Now speaking yeah, of the Dark Order, um, I'm not saying I'm calling this yet, but I just, I just want you to know that. Somehow they're infiltrating, obviously, the face wrestlers, you know, with Cole mm-hmm. Cabana, but Butcher and Blade are doing the same thing, and I don't think anyone's caught up on it yet, that Allie is still the bunny, but has infiltrated the Nightmare family because there's, in my opinion, I just think there's going to be a program between Butcher Blade and a Nightmare, uh, the Nightmare family, and mm-hmm. Allie is trying to infiltrate through, um, uh, through QT Marshall. But now, how how do you get that from the storyline? Because there was n- not one one week she was the bunny, one week she was all of a sudden a nightmare sister with Brandy. It just happened. Uh, well, it wasn't just one week. It's been a couple. Well, I know. Weeks I mean, I'm exaggerating that, but it, it literally just happened. Like from what, like you know, she's and playing no the part, real... homie. She's playing the part. She's playing the part. I, I could see it, and you know what? With that, I, I hope that's where that goes. Mm-hmm. I really do hope that's where that goes because that that would be a, a good a good program. I like Dustin and QT Marshall. I do like the Nightmare Family. I like QT Marshall because he's in Freehold. <laughs> there you go. So, so that makes that always makes, I like Jersey wrestlers. Yeah. So right on. Do, do you, you guys want to talk about the opposite program? Well, actually, I wanted to talk about what opposite program. The ratings were. We had to talk oh, about the Great Americans, Great American Bash. Yeah, we could talk. Well, we talked about some of it earlier with. Um, Keith Lee obviously being our double champion now and where he's going to go, him and Adam Cole. Uh, I'll again, tell you something. Can I, can I have a little observation with what Smarky said there real quick? Yeah, I go think, right in. Yeah, I, de- mm-hmm. I definitely think... Sorry if I sounded far away there. I definitely think that... Or I'd be surprised if AEW won the ratings war this week. You did mention that in our text chat. and yes. uh, I mean, just think about it. If I'm, if I'm a wrestling fan, I'm looking at the main... This is not any... Disrespect to, to Orange Cassidy. Oh you know, no! But but Bro, you there put, he is. Uh, he's back. Okay, but you put Orange Cassidy and Jericho like together. Like I'm well, sorry, Orange Cassidy and Jericho is the main event versus a champion versus champion fight. Like I'm going to the yeah. champion versus champion fight 130 percent of the time. Well, let's not forget that was supposed to be Cage versus Moxley. Right, 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 right. You know, so right. it, it, they worked with what they had. I yeah. Okay. You no. Know, but uh, no, I can see where you're going though because of, of what ended up happening. Uh, you really think AEW is going to take the take the ratings though this week? 
No, I think no. I think I think NXT is. Oh, you think? NXT. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said AEW. That's no, I, I think NXT is going to take the ratings this week. Yeah, if I said the oh, other I way, I apologize. Agree. Especially with, with with that with that win with Keith Lee. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. So, all right, but um, uh, again, both great shows. Here's one little tip that I don't know if many people have mentioned. The Great American Bash is the brainchild of the one Dusty Rhodes, whose son, Cody Rhodes, runs AEW. Great American Bash only began being advertised a few weeks ago after Fighter Fest was already announced as a two-week program on TNT. And all of a sudden, Great American Bash became a two-week program on USA to go against AEW's Fighter Fest. Now, people could look into it. People could say that, you know, this is them trying to come back and trying to compete against Fighter Fest. Uh, Triple H, I saw, had an interview. I forget with who. I don't, I, wish I, don't, I wish I had that ready in front of me. I don't have it in front of me. But he, he flat out said it had nothing to do with throwing shade at Cody or, you know, trying to compete with Fighter Fest. Great American Bash, even though it was the brainchild of Dusty Rhodes, it is a WWE product. So where do you want me to go with this? It was done out of spite. I don't know if it was done out of okay. spite, but I mean, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, not tout their dusty, dusty road just because. I just Cody think Rhodes it was. Oh yeah, you're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna do this. Yeah. Let's let's do this. And that, that's. A, it's kind I of think it more happens to be Dusty Rhodes just happens to be their father more so than right. out of spite. That that's yeah. what I think. And you know what, Cody Rhodes was interviewed on Busted Open. Uh, before night one of Fighter Fest, and even he said he didn't find anything wrong with it. He said he was happy that they were still um, they were still saying his father's name in a positive manner. You yeah, know, still showcasing. Hey, this is yeah. Dusty Rhodes' brainchild. You know, they still mentioned him out on night one. Marlon Ronaldo did a great job of explaining the history of Great American Bash and everything like that. So, I mean, again, you're going to have your marks. I think it was a big thing with the ratings war, and you know, they're doing that as like Johnny said, out of spite. I, I, know. Didn't know I, that, did uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Cody said that stuff, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I retract my statement. And I, I also, you know, I just I don't think WWE is handling their business any different than they would handle their business with anybody. Like they're not doing right. anything special or unspecial right. than they would normally do in that situation. And and Cody no Rhodes just what? happens to be Cody and Dustin just happen to be Dusty Rhodes' sons, and they happen to be in an arch rival promotion. Right. And what a better time to have Grand American Bash than the beginning of July when you have the Fourth of July. You know, right? right yeah, it makes America, sense. It's like, it's, like, it makes it's sense. not like they're doing this in like they're doing it in November, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and also, and no matter what, we're still going through a global pandemic. So anything happening in wrestling, no matter what promotion you are, it's all reactionary because things are changing day to day, week to week. Yeah. So that's why it's, that's why things are coming out last minute. You know, that's why these things are happening. Speaking of reactionary, I want to talk to you guys about your reaction to the final episode of Undertaker's Last Ride. And uh, it looks like, it sounds like, it even smells like Undertaker might actually be retiring. So I think it looks like it, sounds I like it, smells like it, it must be one true. More. I think he's going to do one more too. I think he's yes. going to come back and he's going to do it right for Roman. You think for Roman of all people, Roman, or or, or and Nike, and he only, he my other, two left. my only, my only other, the only other option is he it, there's a real wrestling match with AJ. No, right. guys, don't no. say you say stain. I'm gonna reach you to the computer and bitch slap you. Okay, <laughs> really? is is that where you were gonna go? Was with with Sting? The fuck out of here! No, 
Unless they do a cinematic I, match, I would be down to see like an Undertaker Sting like cinematic match. If it's gotta I be, just, if, I, listen, I if it's cinematic, face face. if it's cinematic, it's gotta be, it's gotta be black and white Sting. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. To, it has. To I would, be. I would yes. totally do them cinematic because I think they they could deliver in a cinematic match. But I think right. he's got. I, I think he's either gonna go back and do it right for Roman. Because yeah, you, you, he mentions nope. over and over again how upset he couldn't do right by Roman at WrestleMania right. 30, 33 that was, I think. 33. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so he was, you know, he, he he goes on about that so much. So that gave me that vibe. But then he also goes on and talks about how much he loves AJ and respects AJ. And AJ reminds him of Sean and all this stuff. And so I was like, right. oh, maybe he comes back and he does a real wrestling match with AJ. Either way, both those two could put on a good match with Taker. And Taker would not have to worry about getting hurt, I feel. No, I think is, he's got is, one more real match, and I think, I think Taker and when his when his en- you know with the entrance and how much energy it brings to me and the fans and how like like you have to you have to end it I think in in a stadium full of fans you can't I mean the riding off with in the in the night was cool but that was you know that was the end of the badass maybe I don't know it was kind of a mix I kind of like the mix maybe he rides out maybe he rides out with the coat and the motorcycle at that last Wrestlemania match and then rides off on the motorcycle at the stadium instead but I think you need to see that freaking that stadium aura thing one more time I don't know I, I think he's got one more match him one more okay, to go this, out proper go out right, proper this, this is how you book it you guys have not said the one person I think he should be putting over in his final match that? Okay, that is our current WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. I'm going to explain to you why and how I already saw the writing on the wall with this back at Extreme Rules. In that Extreme Rules match, which you guys were at live, correct? When Undertaker and Roman faced Shane and Drew McIntyre, there was a, a moment in there when Undertaker was doing his cutthroat thing in the middle of the ring and Drew McIntyre pops up right behind him and looking at him like he was going to attack him. It was an awesome moment, okay? That moment... I think, paved the way and set the stage for a big WrestleMania match between those two. Now, let's look at Drew McIntyre. He beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania to win the championship. He is the most over white meat baby face in WWE right now, but mm. he is not, hold on, Dan, he is not getting over as that face because there is no crowd. Right, thank you. Okay, the shows. You already corrected Drew McIntyre needs to lose the championship. All right. I thought he should have lost his title to Bobby Lashley. I thought that was Bobby Lashley uh, finally, finally won the championship. Yes. I'm not going to talk about that now, but Lashley and MVP is fucking amazing. I anyway, do like it together. I'm just not ready for Lashley to have the title yet. Drew, I think Drew I'm not needs either. to lose the title. He deserves it. Yeah. yeah. Drew needs to lose the title at this point and maybe in some way have Undertaker win it back. So maybe Undertaker has two more left in him, okay? Undertaker wins the title for his last run. And then at a big show like a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania, preferably WrestleMania, in front of a live audience, Drew Undertaker have that moment, and Drew defeats him and wins the title back. Drew has his actual WrestleMania moment in front of 80,000-plus people. Undertaker then rides off in the sunset by putting over WWE's newest face of the company in Drew McIntyre. Wow. Yeah. a lot of time to think. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not opposed to the Drew McIntyre thing. I just don't. I, I just think there's. Uh, I still think there's wrestlers higher up on the pecking order than him that are going to get that rub before he is. 
there's guys like like Damian Priest, Alistair Black. And Damian Priest even. is never Damian Priest and Alistair Black are never going to get that match at Undertaker. They have nowhere near oh, enough of a wrestling. I'm not saying they will, they, but I think those never, are guys that could. But those they, are guys that I think could be in that discussion. You can't even have that discussion about them until they're veterans for at least ten years, dude. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's just all. Wow. Talk about the Undertaker here, dude. You could talk right. about potential. I guess. But maybe. he did have that, that WrestleMania handicap match against, the, what was his name, Matt Morgan and uh, uh, who the hell was it? And the, uh, Albert? Or what the hell was he going by? A-Train or whatever? Remember that, that wasn't Matt Morgan, match? no. Is it was, Undertaker? Um, yeah. It was he was A-Train supposed to tag team with Nathan Jones, but Nathan right. Jones ended up it was not making 19. it or something. It was, yeah. a, it was uh, A-Train and... Uh... Are you looking at something, Shit. Johnny? This is... This is during Shit. the time that I didn't. Uh, I oh, didn't that's one. It wasn't Matt Morgan, though. I don't think Bones. Here, I want to look at that. Was WrestleMania 19? You said, I think right? It was. Oh my God, dude, I'm getting old. I I'm pretty. Remember. I'm pretty sure it was Matt Morgan. I'm gonna. I'm pulling it up right now. That's Anyways, during my so dark times. I, I, I want to. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Big Show and A Train. Big Show. Wow. Okay. I knew it wasn't okay. Matt. I knew it wasn't him. But okay. Yeah, anyway, mistaken. Regardless, I'm gonna. I want to talk about a wrestler who I really think is going to be the heir apparent to the Undertaker character in the wrestling world. Why does there have to be an heir apparent? No, no, just the next great true gimmick character. Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, okay, okay. And and I'm going to tell you something right now. He's not in WWE. Interesting. Who is it? Hmm. Not in WWE. Orange Next. Cassidy. Mm, good guess, <laughs> but no. Not the same as The Undertaker. Is it in okay. AEW? It is in AEW. Hmm. Just think. Oh. Think about who the. Think about like that. How The Undertaker moves. Think about. Oh, it's Brody Lee. Not Brody Lee. Not oh. quite. Think about how The Undertaker moves. Think about how The Undertaker moved in his youth. And Lance like, Archer. The, the mystery about him, dude. Luchasaurus. Oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't even thinking of him. Okay. Dude, when I watch Luchasaurus wrestle, all I see is a young Undertaker, dude. Hmm. With a freaking with a super ridiculous gimmick that shouldn't be over at all, but it is because he owns it so freaking well. Because that right. I don't I don't know who Luchasaurus' real name is, so I apologize, Mr. Luchasaurus. But Mr. Luchasaurus. <laughs> so, so he, um, like you can tell. You know he, he was in WWF, right? You know he cares. You he can was. tell he cares about the business so much, and he cares mm-hmm. about being good so much, and he's so crisp in the ring, and he moves, and he kind of can fly a little bit, and he has a fuck. He's a fucking dinosaur. You're, and right. I, I was like, wow, like the Undertaker is a fucking we- undead Western mortician. That's a stupid fucking gimmick on paper. But man, he made it great. A fucking right. dinosaur is a stupid fucking gimmick on paper. But he makes it fucking great. I'm like, this motherfucker right here. You keep looking for like who the next Undertaker is gonna be. It's this guy. And I think and I and I think they were. I know they're a tag team, but I think them two are gonna wind up working better as singles wrestlers at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow, Luchasaur. That, that's definitely a hot take, man. I mean, he, he definitely dude. owns it. Dude, he, he, owns he owns the gimmick. It. He yeah. owns the gimmick. And you know, Brody Lee is a is a fair is a fair thought in there too, but I just don't see it in, in his in him as much. But I see it all over Luchasaurus, dude. 
I see that right. thing. I see that thing that made me love the Undertaker when I was ten years old. Right. No, let's go back to the. Undertaker real quick, and has been watching this wrestling since the since the eighties. We've all grown up watching Undertaker from his debut at a Survivor Series all the way through now. Undertaker is the reason I got back into wrestling. I kind of fell out of wrestling around the ruthless aggression era. Uh, back in the years when I was in college, and only have cable yeah. TV to watch it. Same, but, same, same thing, same reason. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I got back in because I watched WrestleMania 30, and I watched him lose to Brock, and I was like, "What has been happening in wrestling all this time that I haven't been watching it? I need to, I need to watch this now every single week." So watching him lose, actually, Dan, Dan, I think our first time you and I actually hanging out, we went to Evolution up at Nassau Coliseum. We're driving up there, and we talked about that. What got me into wrestling? What got us into wrestling? That's what got me back into it was Undertaker losing to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. Yeah. So I'm happy that I got to see the end of his career. While, yeah, it had its ups and downs, and I think watching Last Ride really shed some light on a lot of those downs. But, you know, Undertaker has been the mainstay in all of my years of being a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. You know? He's been, he's he's the last, he's the last, he's the last one, man. He's the last of those, like, He's the last territory guy, man. The guy who like last guy who like had his had experience wrestling in the territories. Yep. Because he was and, in the territory. And it's still before. going. And it's still yeah. going. Yeah. Like he is yep. the he is the last of that breed. There's no doubt about yeah. it. So we're you know, I know they already did the end of an era match, but this is we're we're truly now at the end of that era. You know, and I don't consider you know Triple H in that era. I consider him a part of like the next generation. With the, like I I I know him and Sean are so linked together, but like I almost feel like they're kind of like different because Sean's from the territory era too. You know, right? He got his roots yeah. in the territory era too. I look at him more in the Bret Hart, you know, generation and the Undertaker generation. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. someone who but still who still made it work later in his career because he's so dedicated to the craft of professional wrestling, much like Undertaker is. So yeah, he's it's he definitely is the mainstay. He is unquestionably my favorite WWF slash E wrestler of all time. He's the reason I got into I think he's w- most people's. He's the reason he's yeah. the reason I stayed interested in WWF after Hulkamania. Mm-hmm. Like Hulkamania wrote me in as a little kid. And Warrior wrote me in and Macho Man, they did their job by roping me in as a four and five year old with these big, yep. loud, colorful characters. And then Undertaker, as I got older, he's the one that come, kept me. He's like, oh, he's he's kind of cool. Like he's, yeah. he's a bad guy. He cool. He's all he, black. He he's was kind of cool. Yeah. He's different. Yep. Yeah. And like you, a, a, you know, an eight year old kid is smart enough to see that. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's so. And, that, and that's what mm-hmm. I. And that's that's why I keep thinking up Luchasaurus. Like, here's a guy. An eight year old kids are gonna love this guy. Fucking yeah. dinosaur that does cool wrestling moves. I'm yep. 35 years old, and you know, I can find coolness in that. Like I said, on paper, yeah. it looks ridiculous, but I can find coolness in a 35. So I can only imagine how an eight year old feels when they see that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I, I think I speak for all of us when I say these three words thank you, Taker. You oh, know, no you. matter yeah. what his last match is, look at the legacy he already leaves behind. And he, I mean, no. he's feuded with everybody, dude. Everybody, everybody, you know, you he's can't take that away. Everyone, you name it. Yeah. I, 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 I can't think of many wrestlers he hasn't worked the program with, man, from like mm-hmm. the, from the late 80s until today. Right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. So thank you, Taker. Thank you for bringing us all the wrestling. But guys, we are no longer a wrestling podcast. Let's talk about some other things in the world of pop culture. 
He never worked a feud with Macho Man. Oh, really? <laughs> Wait, they, they've... Huh. You're I've right. Never, you know what? I'm never thinking back to the 80s, 90s. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think he... Did he ever have a program with, like, Piper or anything? I don't think so. I don't think he ever had a program I, with I Piper. I think, if anything, him and Piper may, may have been allies. They might have been allies at one point. At times? So yeah. 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 So... Yeah, right. you're talking about a dude who got who who won the world title his first year within the company over Hogan. Yep, and it's, over it was, Hogan, it, it was probably too soon. I mean, he lost yeah. it five days later, back right. to Hogan in classic Hulk Hogan oh, that's fashion. Right. Yeah, of yeah, course. No. <laughs> <laughs> no sell, Hulk out, big boot, leg drop, win. Like, okay, Hulk that was Hogan, it. Go away. <laughs> like that time Hulk Hogan buried Yokozuna at WrestleMania Nine. Oh God! Oh my God! Worst that. WrestleMania ever. Terrible WrestleMania. Bret yep. Hart and Bret Hart had to sit ringside and eat it. Oh, what a! F- mm-hmm. No wonder Bret Hart hated Hogan. If Hogan wouldn't face Bret Hart, well, fuck. H- Hogan would not put Bret over. He would, would not, not put he would Bret not. over. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't he wouldn't do it. So, anyway, guys, let's talk about some more stuff in pop culture. I want to yes. talk to you guys about comic books. I was introduced to a brand new comic book this morning. Okay, uh, the the title of the comic book is is called Lick It Man. It's from two thousand four, written by Camille Carita. Johnny, you're smiling. Have you ever heard of Lick It Man? Let no. me let me read you the synopsis. In the city the of of Bofum and all across the of globe, what women, Bofum, B O F F U M, Bofum. And all across the globe, women face the insurmountable task of juggling all tasks, career, family, and lover. But wait, the world's most sensitive superhero has come to liberate women from their overburdened existence. Bones, are you reading a porn comic book? I'm looking at pictures of this. It's not a porn comic. Hey, listen, it's a comic book. Okay, let, let let me finish. A radioactive lollipop turns young Beaver Sparker into Licket Man. A superhero whose compassion and extraordinary talent liberates the female population by providing them with an enlightened orgasm, one that spurs them on to great feats and accomplishments. When the look at Danny's when the first female president achieves world peace after being visited by Lickett Man, editor in chief of the Buffum Post, Mr. Mike Oxlarge, who becomes arch enemy Stickett Man. And his sidekick, the poker, decided to start a war in butt crack, that's B-U-T-T-C-R-A-Q, to ensure the perpetuation of violence and greed. What ensues is a hilarious battle between good and evil, liberation and oppression. So, Johnny, since you're a big comic book fan, I wonder if you ever heard of Lick It Man or have read... What the fuck is that shit, dude? Get the fuck out of here. You know? That's not real. You made that up. At like, at like nine in the morning, it was a pretty good read this morning. Who wrote this? Camille. Uh, oh, I just I just uh, lost my notes. It was Camille something. So, the name. I, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not on my favorite comic, you know? comic book store, so I'm going to go with it's not good. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Oh, I guess Amazon has it, but... Uh, Yep. Lick it, man. Lick it, man. From 2004. Yeah, man. This is, uh, so is it like, is, it, is there like boobs in it and shit? No. It's pretty sexually suggestive. I'm looking but at it. It's pretty suggestive. Yeah. But that's just how it is. It doesn't really look for me. I mean, the closest I've gotten is reading Why the, uh, Why the Last Man. Mm. But uh, I just wanted to bring that to your attention, guys, in case you get interested and wanted to have a, a good quick read, a nice quickie with Lick it, man. I want to check it out. Anyway, guys, um, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> or, 
I think Dan j- just pulled up. He's looking at the pictures now. <laughs> oh, man. That's some good Holy shit. Holy shit, it is on Comixology. Oh, dude, it's on Amazon. The first image that comes up on Amazon, I'm like, oh, my God. I think Dan just clicked add to cart. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, about oh, a month or so shit. ago, I mentioned that I was uh, – playing some new video games uh and i got into this new game called far well not a new game but i got into far cry 5 far cry is a series of video games uh dating back to the early 2000s on from the pc over to xbox i have xbox one uh i've been playing it so again to the listeners to give a quick synopsis the game takes place in hope county it's a, a fictional region of montana u.s the main story revolves around the project at eden's gate It's a doomsday cult that has taken over the county at the command of its charismatic and powerful leader, Joseph Seed. So the way the whole game is mapped out is you have this whole big map. You can go anywhere on the map at any time, all free range. You can pretty much write your own story and do things in whatever order you want to do it in. But each the map is separated into three regions and each region is head by one of Joseph Seed's two brothers or sister. You got Jacob Jacob Seed, John Seed, and Faith Seed. Well, since our last discussion, I have already um, added to my specialists group. So I have um, – these are the list of my friends. Oh, Dan, do you have a question? Yeah. yeah um, can I have a question? Tell me, who is the baddest seed of all the seeds? The baddest seed is going to be Joseph Seed because he is the father of the cult. Who is the of the kids? Who is the baddest seed, or of the off? Uh, or you say father of the cult? You mean like the like the leader, or like he's actually their their dad? He, he's the leader. Okay. Um. Out so of, the, of, out those, of these sub bosses, who's the baddest seed? It's hard for me to say because I have not been introduced to John Seed yet. I have already taken out Faith. Faith is the one who introduced a drug called Bliss which was uh, infused into these white flowers that are found throughout the, uh, throughout the map. So as you walk through these flowers, the screen changes and you become high off of this drug. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking this up as we're talking. This is, this is an interesting game. It's really, It does really sound cool. interesting. You're right. I'm not a big gamer, but, but that sounds like something I would really either, doing. But. Yeah. So with, with Faith, um, I, I took her out already. Faith, Faith, Faith no more. I <laughs> see what I did there. Uh, then I made my way up to Jacob's region and Jacob uh, had it out for me because I took out his uh, little sister. So he tried to snipe the shit out of me from the top of the mountain, but he's no match for me. Oh, by the way, your character is, is of no name. You're just a rookie, uh, a rookie deputy. So everyone calls you Rook, but you really have no name in it. So do you always uh, say Rook? Not, he, Even after you're like taking out this whole clan, they don't stop calling you Rook. Yeah. They call you deputy or they call you Rook. Fucked up. So that's about it. But he was no match for me. I took him out. Now I'm on my way. How'd you to take him out? How'd you take him out? How'd you take him out? I climbed the mountain, okay. and while he was uh, while he was kneeling down behind a boulder trying to find me to slam me, I shot him right in the back of the head. Nice. Gruesome, gruesome. Nice. I know. I'm sorry nice. for anyone hey, who we're trying to keep it PG, but that's that's a no, video it, game. It's it, not listen. real life. All right, listen, you gotta when you're in a video game world, and you gotta take out the bad seeds. Got to do what you gotta yeah. do. It's all about survival. Yeah, so you got to have the bad seeds, exactly. Now, is there, on the soundtrack, on the soundtrack, Mm -hmm. is there a remix of Bad Streets? And does Michael, (laughs) and they do Bad Seeds? (laughs) And does Michael Hayes, in fact, sing the Bad Seeds theme? The Bad Seeds theme, oh my God. No, but that would would be awesome. That would just make all the difference in the world for the game. Bad Seeds, Montana, yeah. (laughs) 
But also, since last time we spoke, I have finally uh, completed my entire faction, if you will, for those of us wrestling oh. fans. Uh, so I have my team of friends. I, I have Boomer. He's my dog. I have Nick Rye, who is my pilot, who has his own little fighter plane. I have Grace Armstrong, who is a sniper. Uh, I have my pet grizzly bear named Cheeseburger. It's time out. Pet grizzly bear? Okay. Yeah. You have a pet grizzly, grizzly bear. bear. That's fucking grizzly awesome. bear named Cheeseburger. Did you give him the name Cheeseburger? No, he was already named, but I helped save him from, from Bliss, from the drug. So his owner gave him to me because uh, she couldn't deal with taking care of him anymore. But but so but you randomly can take care of the grizzly bear. Yeah. So cheeseburger's my cheeseburger's my guy. Yeah. I would love to have a pet grizzly bear. By the way, if I could like tame a grizzly bear, I would. I think I'd rather I'd rather a black bear. Um, I would rather a buffalo. Quite honestly, if we're talking Mm. about wild animals, that way you can hop on its back and ride the buffalo into the yeah. I wouldn't ride. I would would treat it with dignity. Yeah. Animals, uh, anyway, I also added Herc Drubman Jr. Uh, to my group. He just carries <laughs> around the big rocket launcher, big RPG. Uh, and he's not really the brightest of, of guys, but uh, he's, uh, he's always fun to have around. Uh, Jess Black, who is kind of like uh, the game's version of Hawkeye or the Green Arrow, if you will. Uh, she's, an, uh, she's a hunter and, and a, um, why can't I think of the word? An archer. An archer, yes. Then I have my pet. Uh, my pet. Who wins in Who wins in the, in, our, in, our, in archery contest? Green Arrow. Uh, this or, this first year. Or, what's, what's your, what's oh, your I, I think Green Green Arrow definitely has. Um, has how about all right? Next round, uh, you got to face Legolas. Who? From Lord of the Rings, dude. Oh, I'm not along with Lord of the Rings watcher. Uh, or uh, Legolas is probably or. the greatest archer ever. He also has like enchanted elf bows that just that just don't miss, and he never runs seems to run out of bows, which is pretty awesome. Okay. But I talk about you want to see some archery, dude. Go watch some Legolas, mm-hmm. dude. Like some of those Lord of the okay. Rings battle scenes. Yeah, I need to get into that whole scene of like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. I haven't. Yeah, I think you would. I feel like you'd. You should. You'd enjoy Game of Thrones probably more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. So the, the last three that I added to my faction is uh, Peaches. Peaches is my cougar, my pet cougar. Uh, I have Sharky Boshaw. He just walks around with a big flamethrower. He's a big pyro guy. Sharky Boshaw? My- These are some pro wrestling yep. names, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, this is also Hope County, Montana. So everyone here is, is uh, the, the names are perfect. They're all dressed perfectly in the game. It, it, the, uh, the accent they all have is, is hysterical. They're all WWE fans. <laughs> yeah. And the last member is Adelaide Drubman. She's also a, a helicopter pilot. Uh, she's probably the most erotic of the of the group she definitely makes a lot of sexual innuendos in are you her, saying you are you saying talk. you want to are you saying you want to have sexual relations with the helicopter pilot i'm not saying that no i'm, I'm just saying sounds like you're, sounds like you're hitting on her game sounds, yeah, like, no. flirt, sounds like you're flirting with her more no, across it might be a little jealous jump yeah dad you're definitely flirting with her dude <laughs> but anyway so that's my update on far cry 5 uh because i know i had a lot of listeners who were into who were really into my original explanation of the game when i first talked about it uh so i figured i'd update everyone on where i'm at so far in the game it actually so, sounds like a pretty cool game um it, it does the, the whole far cry series is a lot of fun because you have free range to go anywhere you want and do things in whatever order you want to do them in it's not like you're playing mario's where you have to go from point a to point b to point c in the order the game tells you to you know you have free range of this huge map you can go wherever you can get there however you want you could 
Uh, you could fly a helicopter, drive a plane, take a jet ski, or you could walk on foot. It's awesome. It's great. So if you haven't played Far Cry, any of the Far Cries, definitely check out those. Well, games. I want to add in on this um, because this, this is something that's come up. Um, but uh, I haven't owned a gaming system since uh, I bought a Sega Dreamcast my sophomore year of high school at Sega the recommendation of my English teacher. Mr. John Dolskin. <clears throat> the Dolskinator. The Dolskinator, yeah. The Dolskinator. Uh, I still have it. It's set up over there. I played on an old tube TV that Dan knows nice. very well. He's seen this TV since I was a child. I, unbelievable. You still have that thing. Dude. Wow. That no, it works, man. Works. And you know what? It's That's easier awesome. to hook He's up. He's had that for at least 20 years, Bones. Yeah. I got it right before I went to Rutgers. <clears throat> awesome. All right, so, so, I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's what? 2002? 2002. That is almost 20 years. Yeah, it's 18 right. years. Yeah. Awesome. Still works. But um, I think it's time. And uh, I know nothing about game systems. And uh, I know there's a whole new slew of them coming out. PS5, the new Xbox, mm-hmm. and the Switch Pro, or whatever it's going to be called. So yeah, I'm, uh, so yeah I'll, gonna, I'll probably get to upgrade my Xbox soon. So I want yeah. to uh, I want to have our listeners and maybe Wade and Big Head because I know they're gamers. Kind of help yep. me pick out a new system. I, actually, what would be right nice on. is I, I I wouldn't mind maybe hopping on a show with them where they educate. Maybe Big Head, That's wait, show idea. idea: educate Doc and Smarky. On gaming, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. That's a good idea. I really do. I think so. Yeah, I don't consider myself a gamer, but like I've over my years, I've had the original NES, I've had Sega Genesis, I've had GameCube, the Wii, I've had Xbox 360, Xbox One. Right. I've always had some kind of system. So, so I always been a lot of games that I've gotten into, like the, the Zelda games. I have played every Zelda game, with the exception of the one on Super Nintendo, the original one every single game from start to finish. I've always gone through the campaign and I had to complete it because those are some of the best games ever made were all the Legends of Zelda games. I never played the Zelda games. When I played games, I had, so I had like a PS1, I have an Xbox One now and I had a Sega Genesis. So I had all like, you know, your classic games through those like, you know, Sonic and, and Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and mm-hmm. all those games. But when it came Banjo to Kazooie. like... Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, all Banjo those games. Banjo-Kazooie. Right. Great game. But when, when you split out and you start like going down your actual game, I feel like those are like the introductory games that everybody kind of plays. And then you yeah. kind of decide you're yep. going to go into shooters, you're going to go into sports. I always went into like Madden and I love I love hockey games. And See, I I'm the opposite football. way. So I don't like Madden. I like college football. I loved NCAA, like EA NCAA games. And I was a big hockey. I love playing video game hockey. And so racing. I'm, I'm racing fucking awesome too. I love, racing games are my favorite. Um, yeah. uh, I used to love those games. But I like side scrollers. I know there's not really, that's not a thing anymore. But like the it's Mario's. side scroller. Okay, I didn't realize. It was or or even like even like world games. Like I have, I have an emulator on my computer where I can play Nintendo sixty four. We have one, but you know, nice. but like okay. the, the Super Mario on there and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I like doing that. Um, right. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I like, dude. The old school Nintendo games. You got to think about those. Not those games are like any they're easier, hard. dude. You still have yeah, to think. Know. They're still hard. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Do you know that Super Mario two is just a poor. Well, Super Mario Two is an interesting, an interesting. Yeah, case it's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird because it's not a Mario game. Right. It was a, yeah. it was a right. game that they put Mario characters in because they they made a Super Mario Two, and guess what? It was too hard, mm. and it was it wasn't released until I think what it is is on Super Nintendo they released a Mario like game with a whole bunch of old ones on. It's called the isn't it like Lost Levels. Lost or something? Levels, and yeah. I think that's Mario Two. I'm not sure. I think it's on NES too. I didn't even get that on regular NES too. 
I'm sh- I'm sure. I thought that was an NES thing also. Maybe it would be, you might be right. It might be in Super NES. It was so long ago, dude. And you know what that game was called with all of them on uh, Super Nintendo? Because I still have it. It's Super Mario All-Stars. Yeah, I, used, All-Stars, I remember All-Stars. Yeah, I, remember yeah. that. I never had a Super NES. I had a Sega during that time. I've always Jeff, been a big fan of like all the super, all the Super Mario multiplayer games, like Mario Baseball, Mario Soccer, Super Smash, right. Kart, things like that. Oh, Smash is the I've Smash, Smash, Mario Smash Kart. and Mario Kart are the best, and and the one, yeah, Smash is the yeah. fucking shit. I love Smash. You guys don't like Doctor Mario or Luigi's Mansion? Uh, Luigi's Mansion was great. I played Doctor Mario too. Doctor Mario was a, I, was a we used game to get fucking game. we used to get smacked in college to play fucking Smash Brothers, man. Yep. Oh, yeah. yep. Same here. Same here. <laughs> Just get smacked uh, and play all night. <laughs> awesome. So guys, let's let's uh, head on over to some sports talk now. What do you say? We got UFC 251 coming up, and also the MLB is going to be starting up very soon. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, Major League Baseball is probably about. 12, 12 days away, I think, from the start of the new season. And um, in the first, they had an eight-day process where they were making sure everyone was going to be medically cleared. And after they went through all the tests, 58 of the players and eight of the employees uh, all tested positive for COVID. Now, Dan and I had a discussion about this yesterday. Dan, uh, go ahead and take this. Yeah, so now there's something you got to keep in mind here with Major League Baseball. They're operating with 60-man rosters right now. So that's the first thing. Let's get that right into effect. So when you're talking about 58 players, 60-man roster, that's less, that's less than, than a player team. per team. That's less than a player right. per team right now. Right. So it's really not it's well below any sort of like national average. So this mm-hmm. also gives, I think, credence, credence to my thought that the bubble idea is freaking stupid. Because yeah. I think it's hard. I feel like it's you're, you're quarantining healthy people. And then as soon as one person gets sick, that's it. It's done. The verbals, you know, look what happened in MLS. Two teams have had to pull out of the MLS tournament already. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Right. And, I now, and that's why the NBA, I think NBA players are like, I don't think it's a good idea. If you look at baseball, they're training in their own facilities. They're going to play in their home parks. And you're averaging less than a player per team being sick. <laughs> yeah. And there's not, I mean, I'm looking at the list now. Um it doesn't even matter who it is. It doesn't matter who the players are. No, it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. I'm just looking, but it's 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 really just one or looking at this. It's one, two, so like the Phillies have three. Yeah, so some teams might have a little more, but you're still. I mean, some teams, teams have, have zero. The Mets yeah. have zero. You know, I don't think anybody's tested positive for the Mets. When, like it's it's really one right. or two people. Yeah, it's less than a person. It's less than one let a player per team because you're dealing with sixty man rosters right now, not thirty man rosters. Right. So it's so really maybe, baseball's doing a good job whatever they're doing is working and i think mm-hmm. the nba and the nhl need to re-, re re look at their plan before they restart right so on and, this this, is, this article is two days ago and it's only like 16 17 teams that have cases yeah right. so that, that that's that's where my point is like you you hear that 58 number you're like oh my god 58 but then you think about how many people you're dealing with here well they said they did about it looks like 3200 uh 3200 tests that's that's that's, that's, a, that's a pretty small percentage of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like I said, so less than less than a player per team. So I'm so not too, I'm not Mets, too concerned. If the Mets go into this season with 100 percent uh, health and everyone there is healthy, they might actually have a chance. Mets got a tough schedule. Johnny shaking his head. Yeah, the Mets got no. the only favor the Mets got done with the new schedule is that they, is that you, they don't play Houston no more. That's the only favor yep. the Mets mm. the Mets got. Yep. Now they got to play the Yankees more than the Red Sox and the and the, mm. and they, I mean. The, the NL East is the best division in the National League, and the AL East is probably the, the best. No, no, the AL is probably the best. <laughs> probably, 
probably the best division in the American League. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a you know the NL West is I mean the NL East is loaded to begin with. The Mets, the Phillies, the Braves, and the uh, that's really, the Nationals are all legitimate playoff contenders. And in the AL East, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the uh, Rays are all legitimate contenders. And the Blue Jays aren't that bad. The Orioles are awful though. It is nice we get to play the Orioles six times this year because the Orioles are freaking awful. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have some good things looking forward to in terms of uh, combat sports. We have UFC 251 coming up. We're going to have Fight for the Fallen with AEW coming up. We're going to have Impact Anniversary and also WWE The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Let's not get into that right now. But anyway, guys, this was a hell of a show. This was a, a long show. Had a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about. Do you guys want to add anything else before we uh, say goodbye to the fam? Yeah, uh, Paige Van Zant is very nice to look at. Yes, she is. Um, <laughs> you can find me. You can find me on DRHAA. You asked me what Whoa. I wanted to add. I was shamelessly self-promoting myself. That, that's I, I got. I got to pay. I, no, this is topic-wise, bro. I, I take care of the outro stuff, man. Wow. Go ahead. Fine. Tell everyone. Oh my hey, god! No, no, steal, no, no, Steal my no, thunder. No, no. Steal my thunder. No, you, you take your thunder back. All right. I oh, have nothing you. more to talk about then. I have. I got my thunder. Hold on. I'm feeling the thunder. Okay. Anyway, fam, that's all the time we have for today. If you have enjoyed the show, please. Uh, oh, hey, I wanted to talk about um, there this. We are. I'm just freaking knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> please show your support by finding us, the Pop Culture Collective, on all social media. That's Twitter and Instagram at PC Collective Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find us on the Fourth Wall Pop Network every single Sunday at 2 p.m. Be sure to check out the network at Fourth Wall Pop on Twitter. That's F-O-U-R-T-H-W-A-L-L-Pop. And find us on Instagram at Fourth Wall Pop Network. You can find me on Instagram at E-M-G underscore J-C Bones. And check me out on Twitter at J-C Bones. That is Bones with a Z. And Dan, now you can tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, I'm doing my bones impression. Hey, wait. Hey, wait. You're doing all, hey, wait. all your bones wait, wait, percussions. Wait. wait. <laughs> hey, don't go yet. Wait. Yeah, yeah, oh. Yeah. oh, my God. Dan. Dan. This is, by the way, we're, we're just a preview of Dan, Bones who Instagram. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Oh, he has his bongos. <laughs> what happened to the sound? Did you mute it? <laughs> no, I think he just overrode his microphone. <laughs> I, I, I think so because we didn't hear any of the bongos. Yeah, nothing. Nope. 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 No nope. sound. No Can't sound. hear you. Nope. Uh, epic fail. Nope. Oh, I hear it now. Uh, I heard not something like there. That that is not party percussion. That was not. No, no. You guys <laughs> no party until, until you hung out, hung out with one Johnny Bones. Um. Anyways, to answer your question, you may find me. I think you asked me where you can find me on Instagram. You can find I me did. at D-R-H-A-A-S-E. Last week, boys, um, I didn't post any pictures up yet because last week I did one of those things. Anybody, you guys ever seen Free Solo? If I asked you guys this, about the no, guy who climbs uh, El Capitan and like no. he does it as a solo climb without without like ropes. Like, so basically it's a whole documentary um, about this guy, Alex Honnold, who's a big famous, he's a famous rock climber. And he wants to solo climb El Cap. And El- solo climb means you climb it said, without any harnesses or ropes. It's just you. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah. So like, he's talking about doing it. Fuck that. And he just decided, you know, he's, you know, how he rolls is he woke up in the morning, he decides today's the day. And I'm going. Cool. Awesome. So that being said, 
on Saturday, on July 4th, I got to Hart Shore and Woods. Just for, I was going to go out for a little morning stroll. I started going. I was like, I'm feeling good. And just right then and there, I decided, I'm going to try to hike the whole park. Uh, you're talking about, like, 19 miles. Um, I ran out of time because Gabby and I had plans. Mm. And I chose the wife over the last miles. I did 17 good and a move. half miles of, of Hart Shore and Woods. Um, and it was... And I did it in under six hours, so I was really proud of my time too. Wow! Uh, in in the moment solo hike, um, I'm gonna put some pictures up probably in a couple of days or so. I haven't done them yet because I didn't take many. But uh, you could find all my hiking adventures and all my other adventures in life on the R H A S E Instagram. And now Johnny, wow. our third man. Please let everyone where they can find you and tell them where they can listen to your show. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Instagram only at Getting Grilled Podcast. Uh, this week, I did a great interview with an up-and-coming Jersey band called Morningside Lane. Awesome uh, episode. Great episode, by the way, my man. Thank you. Thank you. They are a uh, little younger than us, but uh, have some great music. Uh, definitely the vibes of uh, Springsteen and Gaslight Anthem and all the Jersey bands mm-hmm. that came uh, that have come before them and uh, they're just really cool dudes and they introduced me to a, an, an artist named Pino and hopefully they're listening to this <laughs> Pino from Italy Pino Grigio Pino from Italy Pino Grigio yeah. <laughs> from Italy um, their lead singer is hilarious I'm sure you heard that um, mm-hmm. but uh, they're really cool guys and their single glass skin is awesome and uh, they recorded actually uh, really close to here at a really awesome studio called Lake House oh I heard of that oh place. nice I know that place. I think Dan knows all about that place. I know all about that place. Produced by a guy named John. Oh, I know that guy. Hey. Happens to to sign my paychecks. (laughs) (laughs) He he did a damn good producing this song. John is a very good producer. I've actually, like, showed John some of, like, uh, some stuff I've written before, and he actually has given me some really good quality, like, feedback right away. He's a very good producer, very good musician. He's done good things for Asbury, getting Lake House up and going, and giving me a job. And let me give back, you know, when I have music and give back to the, uh, and help, you know, kind of grow the Asbury community. If you actually, if you want to see some cool stuff on Lake House, you got to check out, it's on YouTube right now for a little bit. It's called Asbury Park Riot Redemption Rock and Roll. About a, just under two hour long documentary uh, about, it's just about Asbury Park in the music scene throughout the years. And, you know, Springsteen's in it, Southside Johnny and all the vets. But yours truly also makes a couple cameos in it. So nice. definitely check it out. It's, it, it, it was, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of it, you know, throughout time. I've ne- unfortunately never got to sit down to watch the whole thing. I've watched maybe like the first like 45 minutes to an hour and like the last like 25 minutes because then I'm just weird like that. But now that it's on YouTube, I'm going to go and watch the whole thing pretty soon. So I recommend everybody check it out and then look out for me also. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you guys for joining me again for another awesome episode. Fan, thanks for listening. Please be sure to tell your friends to like, share, and subscribe. And check us out right here on the 4th Wall Pop Network next Sunday at 2 p.m. So until then, we out. Later. Bye. Bye.